it's not over yet and it's not going to go away overnight. Um, and it's going to be a while till we can get back to our normal lives and what we were doing before all of this. So, you know, to just kind of be patient and, and know that it's still out there. And just because things are opening up doesn't mean COVID is slowing down, um, especially in hospitals. Hello, everyone, and thanks for listening to episode 15 of the Learn With Lyle's podcast. In this episode, I talked to my good friend, Erin Breen. Erin is a pediatric nurse who works on the cardiac unit of a children's hospital. Not only does she take care of the hearts of our most vulnerable, but over the past few months, while the rest of us have been safe at home, she's been working on the front lines during the COVID-19 pandemic. Right now, Erin's on the pandemic practice team of her hospital, so on top of talking about the highs and lows of pediatric nursing, she also gave some insight as to what it's been like working in healthcare during this unprecedented time. So I hope that you enjoy, and a big thank you goes out to Erin and all of the other healthcare workers who have been working during this extremely difficult time. Okay, all right. Ready, dear? I guess, gosh. <laughs> well, no thanks pressure. for being on my podcast. No pressure at all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I always have the giggles when I talk to you. <laughs> <I> no. <know. laughs> okay, serious. Okay, yeah, I'm serious. Um, okay, so for our audience, can you introduce yourself? So, like, your name and what you do? Sure. My name's Erin, and I'm a pediatric nurse. I work in cardiology, so I take care of kids with uh, broken hearts or uh, heart conditions in the hospital. Mm -hmm. That's intense stuff. Yeah. Um, What made you decide to become a nurse? I knew you were going to ask me this, and I don't (laughs) really have, like, a good, exciting story like some people who, uh, like, um, you know, like, had a moment where they were like, oh, I want to be a nurse, or had a good experience with a nurse. Mm -hmm. Mine's really not that exciting. So I basically didn't know what I wanted to do in high school. I knew I wanted to work in healthcare or something to do with um, the body and science and all that stuff. So um, I applied to, like, a few different programs uh, in high school for university, like kinesiology, health science, and then I applied to nursing as well, but I really didn't know anything about nursing or being a nurse. Um, So when it came to accepting, like accepting where you were going to go to school, I know a lot of our friends in our friend group or in high school were going into nursing and I kind of was like, oh, that sounds good. Sounds like a good job. It's decently paying. Let's try it out. (laughs) So, yeah, Um, and honestly, I didn't think I was, like, once I started nursing, I really didn't think I would make it past the first year. Um, I had a huge fear of needles, and I was like, I can't be a nurse if I am scared of needles. Like, there's no way. I didn't know that. Yeah, I just, I hate needles for myself, so I was like, there's no way I'm going to be able to give other people needles. Um, So that was kind of hard, and then I ended up giving my first needle in one of my clinical placements, and I was like, oh. That was easy. Oh. It's not, not so bad when you're inflicting uh, pain on someone else <laughs> and not having it on yourself. Mm-hmm. So once I kind of got through that and through first year, I was like, okay, I really like this and um, all the different placements and stuff we had in school. Um, but yeah, so not oh, a super exciting story, but. 
I feel like um, the guidance counselors like really encouraged us to do health like related things. Like so many nurses, I feel like came out of our year of high school. Yeah, I know. I like. I don't know if it's just because it it is like a secure job for the most part. Um, but I think yeah, some of our guidance counselors were also a little bit biased. So yeah, uh, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard to figure out what you want to do for the rest of your life when you're like 17, 18. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But it worked out for you. Yeah, I know. I'm like super happy. And honestly, now looking back, like I don't even know what I would have been if I didn't become a nurse. So yeah, I guess I made a good, I guess I, I guess I made the good choice. Yeah. Was there anything else that you thought about being? Um, not really. Now looking like now, if I were to have another career, I always say I'd love to be a paramedic, which is still kind of in the same field mm-hmm. um, just for that, like adrenaline stuff. But yeah, no, I'm I'm content. Mm-hmm. Hmm, well, that's good. Proud of you, honey. <laughs> so you started out working for um, working with adults, and then you decided to switch over to working with kids. That wasn't yes. Right. That's like a statement, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I started out working um, in an adult hospital, actually in cardiology as well. Um, I had my last placement in nursing school there, so. Um, I got a job there. I did that for a year and a half. I loved cardiology. I took some cardiac courses. Um, but I always knew I wanted to work with kids. It was kind of always my dream. Um, and I didn't know in what capacity or, or where, but I really just applied to all, all the jobs that I saw. Um, and finally, a job came up in cardiology, pediatric cardiology. So I applied and I ended up getting that job kind of just coincidence. I really didn't have much experience with kids other than a placement in school. Um, and I, I'm, I honestly, I just think it was luck on how I got uh, my job now working with kids. So uh, yeah, so it just kind of worked out that I worked with I worked in adult cardiology to start off and now I'm working in pediatric cardiology, even though they're extremely different. Mm -hmm. Uh, But yeah. Mm -hmm. Why did you want to work with kids in the first place? Um, No, I just feel like it's fun. Um, You can relate to them a little bit better. And also in pediatrics, like you're not just caring for the patient themselves, but also the family. And it's kind of a bigger picture um, and you're not really, you're not so much focusing on like their illness, but also like their, you know, their quality of life and what life's going to be like outside of the hospital, um, and, and things like that, going back to school, hitting milestones, all that, all that stuff. So I really enjoyed doing that, but I really am thankful that I started out working with adults to begin with, because it was nice to just get my feet on the ground from nursing school learn some basic skills such as time management, critical thinking, and it was really easy to carry that over to working in a pediatric setting. Mm-hmm. True. Um, I w- like, your mom is a kindergarten teacher, right? Like, do you think that impacted your choice to want to work with kids at all? Yeah, honestly, probably. I, you know, growing up as a kid, I always you know, played teacher and stuff like that, as I'm sure a lot of people did. So I did kind of think I wanted to be a teacher at one point. Um, you know, also they get the summers off and it's kind of nice perks <laughs> like that. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. It's, and I didn't really have a lot of, you know, f- like young family around, like kids around. So I don't, I honestly don't really know why, what the big draw to, to kids was. So mm-hmm. yeah, well, they're sweet to be around. Yeah, it's definitely a whole different world. Like, 
comparing it, um, you forget that babies, if you don't have a baby, you forget that they don't sleep all night. They need to be fed every three hours, mm-hmm. um, things like that. Whereas in adults, for the most part, uh, you know, sleep through the night, things like that. So mm-hmm. it's definitely different. Yeah. How do you, like, keep your emotions separate from your work? Because, like, when I went to the hospital with my mom for grade 9, take your kid to work day, like, I went <laughs> home and I was like, oh, my God, this is horrible. And then I just cried. So I, like, can't imagine, like, what that would be like. And especially, like, if you're working with sweet kids, like, how do you keep that separate? That is definitely, like, probably one of the hardest things, um, working either just as a nurse in general um, and then specifically working in pediatrics. Um, they teach you in school, you know, to try and leave your work at work and to try to not bring it home with you. But with kids, it's hard. Um, you know, where I work, we have a lot of kids that are there for a long time in the hospital. So they're very complex, you know, their, their heart conditions, like quite severe. Sometimes they're waiting on our unit for months until they can get surgery or, uh, you know, even up to a year, sometimes they're waiting for a heart transplant, so we get attached to them and we, you know, we feel like they're one of ours um, and we know everything about them. Like, you know, we, we treat them like our own child. So we know what time they wake up in the morning and what they like to eat for lunch and what books and toys they like and how to get them back to sleep in the middle of the night when their parents aren't there. So, you know, things like that, we, we really know them really well. So it's hard to not think about them when you're at home or obviously uh, worst case, you know, if something happens to them, it is, it is hard. Um, it is rewarding too, because we see some of these kids reach some really big milestones while they're with us in the hospital. Um, so that's exciting and all while battling like a serious complex heart condition. Um, but yeah, it's hard. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think you've gotten better at it? Like over the years? Uh, I like to think I have just because of my experience and, you know, different situations I've been put in, but you know, it, it, certain kids will, will hit you, you know, harder than others. And unfortunately we do see bad outcomes where kids either get quite sick um, afterwards, they have complications or sometimes they do pass away. So that's obviously very hard. Um, And I also think, you know, we come, we become very attached to these kids but we also become really close with their families, their parents, they're living at the hospital for these long periods of time, you know, sometimes up to a year, they're in the hospital, they haven't been home. Um, so they haven't seen their own family and friends. So they, they think that, you know, us as the nurses are, are their friends, because they see us every single day, 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. So, so we become, you know, their friends as well. So it's hard if a patient passes away, um, and all of a sudden, you know, they're gone. And, and I, I know it's hard on some of those parents as well, because, um, yeah, like we're friends, you know, we're like their friends. So yeah, it's hard. Yeah. That's so hard. Do they ever like the hospitals, do they provide like mental health help and support for the workers? For the workers or families? For the workers. I feel like if I were in your situation, I'd be like, yeah, I would want to talk to someone. 
Yeah, no, we, they definitely do have a really good program, like a employee assistance program where they have like free counseling sessions and like tons of great mental health resources for, you know, PTSD or just, you know, peer support groups, things like that. Um, so you can talk to other people in healthcare or other nurses that maybe have gone through similar situations, especially when we have, you know, some of our kids that that pass away um a lot of times you know it's nice to to be able to talk to someone else that maybe has gone through the same thing um because like I said it's not they're not just a patient that has been there for a couple of days like sometimes these kids live with us for months to a year so you can imagine we get quite attached and we spend 12 hours a day with them so yeah for sure oh that's very tough how long have you been working as a nurse for Oh my gosh, I graduated like exactly six years ago from university. So you're so old. Six, <laughs> I know. It's crazy. I can't believe it. So yeah, and I've been where I've been working now with kids. I've been there for I just got like my five years, which is crazy to me. Gosh. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah. So like over the course of this six years, what has been the best part so far? I think like definitely working in pediatrics and in my area in inpatient cardiology, um, seeing those kids go home after these long stays at the hospital, um, whether they, you know, just had a really long recovery after open heart surgery, or if they, you know, finally get a heart transplant and they're able to go home and be with their family and be a family together, um, which they hadn't been able to for a long time. So that's probably the best part is, you know, watching those kids get to go home finally is as sad as it is for us to not be able to see them again um, or as often, but it's really nice to see that they get to kind of go on and move on with their life. Um, but unfortunately, you know, having a congenital heart defect, it's, it's, there's no, there's no fast fix or cure. So unfortunately a lot of these kids will kind of be in and out of our hospital for, for their whole childhood. Um, Mm-hmm. but yeah I think I think that's the best part yeah for sure do they ever like come back like recover and then come back to visit oh yeah all the time they they usually have frequent uh appointments like follow-up appointments so they always stop by our floor and, and see everyone so that's also awesome to see and see how they've grown and you know see that they're walking now or they're talking and and things like that. And a lot of times when they come back, they're a little bit older, so they might not remember us or it depends what age they were when they were in the hospital with us. But, you know, so sometimes they're a little bit scared and scared of us. And, but that's, you know, we want that. We don't, we don't want them to, you know, be our best friends because they shouldn't have to be They're They're kids and they're in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what would you say has been the hardest part of the past six years of being a nurse? The hardest part, um, probably like the emotion part that you uh, asked about earlier, like, mm-hmm. you know, getting attached to these kids and, you know, some of them that don't make it or, you know, pass away. That's definitely one of the hardest parts for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, do you guys like, how do you guys cope with that? Like, do you, like other nurses, like, do you do anything? Uh, to- or- 
yeah, we, you know, if it's if if it's a loss of some a patient that we've, um, you know, had on our unit for a long period of time, and then we we do have like voicing spaces for nurses, um, you know, debrief sessions. So we're pretty good, and we're a really good team where I work. So um, we're all really supportive of each other, and you know, whatever what everyone needs to kind of get through it. But um, you know, still trying to be that professional and separate yourself. Um, you know, we need to work on that, but it's definitely different when, when kids are involved for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine so. Um, has the hospital been super busy? Like I remember you were saying a few weeks ago or maybe a few months ago that I don't know if you were working on like the emergency floor, but there were like kids, um, like you were taking care of one kid who was in the closet. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That was in, that was like, probably around Christmas, New Year's time where the hospital was just swamped, like just before COVID, you know, kind of like peak of flu season. And it was just so busy. And, you know, we're trying to find spaces for them in the hospital. But yeah, that that's, it's definitely slowed down a little bit um, with COVID and stuff. But uh, just because we've kind of ramped down on a lot of the activity in the hospital. But yeah. That's so wild. Like, I don't know. I guess I would never imagine that, that like it just be so busy. I guess that you always see that like on the news that hospitals are like so busy that um, patients are like in the hallways and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, it does not happen really very frequently, if at all, at our hospital um, Mm -hmm. because, you know, we have the means to like have beds for these kids. Um, It's a very different world working in a pediatric hospital compared to an adult hospital. yeah so Mm -hmm. that's good um is there anything that you would want people to know about um like the healthcare system in general that people wouldn't know like regular people wouldn't know about um I think just you know knowing when to come to the hospital or come to the emergency room is like super important and not um flooding the emergency rooms for non-emergency reasons I know right now it's hard with people's doctors not seeing patients or lots of virtual stuff, but, you know, besides COVID and stuff, I think that's really important and knowing when you need to go to the emergency room and when you don't just so that, you know, there's space for people that actually do need to be there and need to be seen. So. Mm -hmm. True. So like, what are things that people should and shouldn't go to the emergency room for? Well, you probably shouldn't go to the emergency room for, a little scrape on your finger <laughs> or an earache or a little cold. Um, but, you know, obviously saving the emergency rooms for like severe things like broken limbs, um, like anything to do with your heart, chest pain, you know, difficulty breathing, obviously any like life threatening conditions um, or, you know, wounds like wounds that need to be stitched up or something like that um definitely warrant an emergency room visit but the other little things that can wait or can be dealt with in urgent care or your family doctor I think is is key to remember Mm -hmm. do a lot of um people come to your hospital with small things um I don't really know because I don't work in eMERGE um and like I said the patient population that I work with is very specialized so they're they're kids that are born with congenital heart defects um usually from birth sometimes 
things develop later on in their in their childhood and then we'll see them but a lot of times the kids that I see um, are kids that are born with these heart conditions and generally need surgery to repair them um, so I would say they're def- obviously definitely not little things um, so I can't really speak for the rest of the hospital yeah true I guess if you're not in the emergency department yeah I'm sure some of my friends would would say yes <laughs> Yeah, I feel like if you're a new mom, like, living with Tracy, like, she can get nervous pretty quickly, which I would, too, if I were a new mom. Um, For sure. Yeah. I, I like, fear the day that I have kids because, you know, it's, like, I'm wondering if I know too much working, especially working with kids with complex heart conditions. Um, it's always, like, at the top of my mind on, you know, what's, is their color okay? Is this normal? Is there, are they feeding okay? Um you know, they're sleeping too much, they're not sleeping enough, they're not eating enough, things like that. Whereas um, I only see sick kids, like, all day. So I forget, like, what normal babies are supposed to look like and and do. So I know that will definitely be hard when the time comes. So I can't imagine, like, I can feel for those new moms that Mm -hmm. get super nervous and feel that way, because it's scary, for sure. And it's your kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And especially, like, the first time around, when you don't know what you're doing, I feel like, yeah, it'd be easy to just be like, oh, I need to go to the emergency room right now. Exactly. And lots of Google searches, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, which I feel like can be bad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when it comes to kids, like you obviously, I mean, with anyone's health, like you'd rather be safe than sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think using the resources that are out there now, like there's telehealth and, and things like that. Um, obviously, if you're, your child's not in immediate danger or... Um, you know, so trying to remember that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, true. Um, okay, so now, if it's cool with you, I would like to switch over to your new role. Uh, yeah. That COVID-19. Um, so, yeah, can you tell me what your new job is? Yeah, so I recently started in a new role at my hospital. Um, I got redeployed is what they're they're trying to do. And I think in probably in a lot of hospitals and specifically mine is they're trying to redeploy staff uh, to work on COVID-19 related projects um, or teams uh, right now. Um, so I got redeployed to a team. It's called the pandemic practice team. So we're a team of nurses that work 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Um, and we, you know, we update, we update, lots of the frontline workers in the hospital on all the different changes and policy updates that are happening throughout the hospital during the, the pandemic. So as you can imagine, and as you know, the, the world is changing like every day regarding COVID and um, there's new rules being put out and things like that. So in the hospital, it's changing even faster. Mm-hmm. Sometimes like hourly there's changes. So it's really hard to keep up to date with with all the different things going on because it's a huge change into what our practice was before COVID. So, um, and specifically regarding like conserving PPE, you know, we're not used to doing that. So that was a hard and a big change for nurses and really everyone in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So is they kind of put our team. Pardon? Is there still a shortage now? Of um, I don't necessarily think there's like a shortage, but we're still definitely trying to conserve um, PPE wherever we can, just in case, you know, we run into that shortage. Um, we're definitely not 
um, in as bad of a place as I know like some places in the U.S. are, um, at least where I work right now. So again, I can't speak to other other hospitals. Um, but yeah, so you know, our team is just is was put together to just be a resource to other people that are working on the front lines um, in the hospital to help educate them. Uh, with all the new updates, answer any questions they might have and take their concerns um, back to all the leaders and to try and advocate for things to be changed to make sure it's safe for patients and for staff. Um, and just making sure everyone can st stay up to date because we're getting tons of emails every day. And if you're working bedside as a nurse for 12 hours, you know, sometimes you don't have time to check your emails. Mm -hmm. So we can be that resource for them to call us and ask a question about, you know, do we need to, to swab a patient or how do we isolate them or what PPE do we need to wear or things like that. So it's been mm -hmm. cool. Hmm. Um, what are some of the big changes that the hospital has been seeing because of COVID? Um, I think definitely the biggest ones have been like uh, conserving PPE for sure. Like we're, you know, we're wearing one mask for our whole shift. Um, we know we're wearing goggles or, or an eye, a face shield um, whenever we're doing patient care, which, so that's all like huge changes to what we were doing before. Um, and we're, we're testing a lot of patients um, asymptomatic. Uh, so that don't have symptoms and also obviously the ones that do have symptoms. So that's definitely been a big change and even just trying to get into the hospital there's very strict screening guidelines um and things like that so mm -hmm. lots of changes but all for the good and all for for keeping people safe so yeah true have there been many cases in your hospital um there's been a couple but definitely we have not been hit as hard as other adult hospitals and we, you know we're we're lucky that COVID-19 hasn't like doesn't affect kids as as severely as adults as people probably know from watching the news and stuff um you know kids are resilient they're you know they have different immune systems and I think this virus just maybe hasn't shown itself as as severely as it has in uh, in adults so we've been pretty lucky um to not have the amount of cases as other hospitals have mm -hmm. that's good Mm -hmm. um has it been scary like having to go into work when most people are like safe and at home like has it been scary knowing that you're kind of like putting yourself in harm's way every single day for sure I think at the beginning it was quite scary and when we were like you know everything was pretty much on lockdown I know people are starting to get out and things are opening up now but I think at the beginning when like you know there was like no one on the road and traffic was really quiet that was kind of weird um, and, you know, we're having to, to show our ID to get into the hospital. Um, but it definitely has been a little bit scary. And I think, you know, I worry that I'll bring something home to my family as well. Um, and things like that. But again, I, I, I know that where I work, it hasn't been hit as hard as other hospitals. Um, and I know people that are working in these hospitals that have ICUs full of COVID. And I know they're obviously at much higher risk than I am right now. Um, so I am quite lucky, but I mean, I've had a COVID swab at the beginning of all this. So I, I know what that's like in that. Yeah. Oh God, so, was that? that was pretty awful. The swab itself was not, um, was not a night, was not nice. So that was definitely a wake up call at the beginning to be like, okay, this is real. Um, and you know, what if I actually am positive? Like, what's that going to look like for me and for my family and for work and, 
you know, how am I going to isolate myself and things like that? Because there's quite strict guidelines put out by public health if you you are positive uh, about, you know, isolating yourself from, from your family that you live with and things like that. So that was definitely a wake up call um, at the beginning was actually getting swabbed myself um, and that 24 hours of just waiting for the results. Mm-hmm. So scary. Yeah. Yeah, they shove those giant Q-tips, like, <laughs> to your brain. Yes, it literally feels like, I don't know, they're grabbing a piece of your brain from your nose. And five seconds in each nair is <laughs> the longest ten seconds of your life, it feels like. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, it looks like the yeah. most comfortable thing. Ugh. So that alone should make people, like, okay, I don't want to get sick and I don't want to go out <laughs> and be around people, so just the swabbing process itself. Yeah. <laughs> it's uncomfortable. So I'm just going to stay home. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, when you went into nursing, did you ever think that you would be having to deal with a massive global pandemic like this? Never. I mean, even at the beginning of when all this was starting to come to light, like the beginning of the year, I, I really wasn't sure that it was going to get to the, where it was. Um, and I have some colleagues that, you know, live through SARS and work through SARS as well. But even they say it was nothing like it is now. Um, I think the scariest thing about COVID-19 compared to if you compare it to SARS or anything else is that um, everyone presents so differently. The symptoms are so varied. There's so many different symptoms that pe- people are coming out with um, and that you can be asymptomatic. So you can have absolutely no symptoms at all and also test positive so that's scary mm-hmm. so people can can be walking around outside at the grocery store <clears throat> um, and not even know that they're sick and and infect other people whereas you know some of the other uh pandemics like SARS those people if you had SARS like you were extremely sick in the hospital so there weren't there weren't as high of a risk for transmission because though it was it was much more contained mm-hmm. true so that's I think that's the scary part yeah yeah like isn't it possible, like, I could have had it, but now, but, like, now I'm fine, and I'll never For sure. Yeah. Scary. Yeah, like, I, I know of people that have had it and have had absolutely no symptoms. Um, I, I'm not sure exactly why they got swabbed in the first place, um, but, yeah, like, I know that's definitely a thing, and I know people that have been positive with symptoms and have been in close contact with other family members, and then those family members didn't test positive and they didn't get sick. So it's, it's really, it's really a weird virus that there's just not enough research. It's too new uh, for us to really know, you know, what's going on and how, how it works. Yeah. Have they said at the hospital, like an estimate of how long they think that this will be going on for? No. And that's the biggest question I think we get asked on our team is like, when is this going to be over? And we're always like, well, we don't know. And if we, I think if we knew, obviously people would probably react a little bit differently if they knew like, oh, we just need to do a couple more months of this and we can go back to normal. But um, there's, yeah, we don't know um, because we don't know if there'll be another wave, if the other wave will be as serious or severe as the wave that we're currently in. Um, But we know that at least where I'm working now that a lot of our our changes and practice changes in policy updates uh and things like that will probably be put in place for quite a long time going forward yeah so yeah ay, ay, ay. not going away anytime soon that's for sure yeah uh, i just want the world to be fun and 
normal. Yeah, go back to our normal life. Mm-hmm. But what is normal anymore? Yeah. Let's <laughs> talk about the new normal. That's like the, yeah. the new word. New normal. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, as a healthcare worker, what is something that you would want the public to know about COVID-19? I think, well, like I said, like it's not over yet and it's not going to go away overnight. Um, and it's going to be a while till we can get back to our normal lives and what we were doing before all of this. So, you know, to just kind of be patient and, and know that it's still out there. And just because things are opening up doesn't mean COVID is slowing down, um, especially in hospitals. Um, and I'm sure like, you know, our other friends can say the same thing. And your sister I know works in the hospital in the ICU. So I'm sure she can say the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just the main things is like, you know, wash your hands physical distancing, staying six feet away from people is key. Um, And then, you know, get tested if you're sick or if you're concerned that you might have been exposed. Um, And then just stay home as much as you can. I know it's hard with the warm weather and summer coming up, but we still need to be mindful we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that people are still like working around the clock to to save people's lives from this virus. Um, Yeah. Yeah, what would you say to people who are, like, arguing to the governments that we need to open everything up? Yeah, I can't even watch that stuff on (laughs) TV. (laughs) I don't, I just don't, no, I just don't think they're educated, either they're not educated, um, or they just, yeah, they don't know what's going on in hospitals, so it's kind of like, okay, you know, come, come to an IC, COVID ICU for a couple of hours and see what it's like there, then maybe you'll, you'll reconsider Mm -hmm. saying those things, but. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay, dear. Well, I only have a few more questions left. Is there anything else that you want to add or talk about at all? Um, I don't think so. I think just like with all of this COVID stuff and working with kids, it's really kind of changed my perspective on things and, you know, realizing that kids are resilient. They have for the most part, no idea what's going on in in the real world and they're smiling. And so I think that's really been a light, especially for, for my job is going to work and seeing these kids still smiling and they have no idea, you know, about the pandemic. So it's a nice break. And I'm sure you find the same thing being around your nephew. Um, you know, it's kind of a nice stress relief to be around these kids because, because they're so resilient and they bounce back from things. Mm -hmm. Um, a nice distraction for sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely nice to be around a baby at this time. He's the light of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I get to be around lots at work. So I'm definitely thankful for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very nice, honey. Okay, so my last two questions. The first one is, what is something that you've been learning lately? Something I've been learning lately. Well, definitely lots about COVID because <laughs> I need to answer lots of questions about that. Um, but other than that, I guess still related to, you know, this pandemic and quarantine life is just how trying to keep busy um, without being able to do our regular summer things like going to cottages and concerts and things like that. So been going on lots of walks, doing puzzles, watching lots of trashy TV. <laughs> trying to exercise and find different ways without a gym Mm -hmm. so 
I've been learning to try and yeah keep myself sane through all of this but it's definitely been hard especially we're going on month number like what three four I don't even know yeah yeah that's true that's a good point (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm. um okay and then the last question is what is the biggest lesson you've learned in life so far that's a very heavy question (laughs) (laughs) very hard um I think it comes from, again, working with sick kids um, about, you know, don't take your life, don't take things for granted in life because things can change at any second and you never know what tomorrow will bring. Um, you know, I, I really learned that working as a nurse and working as a pediatric nurse, especially and seeing families' lives be turned upside down just from a medical diagnosis of their child. Um, you know, so that's been a really big eye opener for me um, and just be grateful for what you have in this moment. Cause again, you don't, you don't know when things can change. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that was a good one. <laughs> wow. Beautiful, honey. Thank you. Yeah, this was a great conversation, wasn't it? <laughs> well, that flew by. It did. Yeah. Thanks for being <laughs> on my podcast and thanks for your wonderful service. Proud of you. Thanks. Thanks for having me. It's fun to talk about, um, about work and, you know, hopefully open people's eyes about what's going on out there in terms of the pandemic and also the other stuff I do at work and and looking after these cute little kiddos. So what's a hard job? I could never do that. It's hard. Yes, but it's also extremely rewarding. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, I like to remember that part of it um, more than the hard, the hard days. And, and I'd say the rewarding parts definitely outweigh the, the hard and tough parts. So good. Which is good. <laughs> or else I would probably wouldn't be able to, to work there either. So yeah, true. That's good. Good, honey. Well, merci, merci.